0: Think about these people who are desperately trying to find God. And, you know, I'm grateful for grow Harvest. I'm grateful for you. Uh, the Lord would say he's proud of you today because Pastor Dale and uh, uh, Brother Ray and I, we went to Peru. And I tell you what, it was awesome. It was fantastic. We got to go to Lima and we was there for a few days. And then we went down to uh, uh, Sarasul. Two two people got saved. Uh, We baptized a few people. And then we went into the jungle. And the jungle is a very... The jungle is actually like you see people there living on dirt floors. Uh, We had a... While we were there, there was a guy, his name was Oscar. Oscar was known as the village drunk. And about nine months ago, he decided, I want to give my life to Jesus. But he really didn't know what to do. So... Pastor Dale and Brother Ray and I showed up. He, Friday night we had a church service. He got saved. Man, he was crying like a baby. Saturday morning, he got baptized. Saturday afternoon, well, Friday when we got there, said, you know what? Oscar and he'd been living with this woman. Uh her name was What is it? It was Jasmine. Been living with Jasmine forever. And he said, we want to get married. So plant, grow, harvest, you, and the Lord's very proud of you. Rest on my heart. He appreciates what you do. He appreciates your time, appreciates your prayers, and he appreciates your giving. Oscar, this one man who can change the world through himself, through the power of the Holy Spirit, he got saved on a Friday, got baptized Saturday morning. And Saturday afternoon, him and his wife were married. Okay, so just pray, praise <laughs> the Lord for that. That is fantastic, and it was his birthday too. So, uh, the people of Peru and Bolivia. We went to Bolivia. The pastor there is Pastor Adon. He was gone. His his daughter had lost her eyesight, so they took the pastor Adon and the daughter were in Lima, and the, his wife was there. And she showed us the church, and i tell you what. It was a building that was, it was a block building. It was 450 degrees in there. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that, but it was hot. There was a tarantula on the side of the ceiling. There was hornets or wasp in the wall. So while we're there, we're like, we could hear them. And we, you know, we got to send them some insecticide. But the back door, their back wall was painted white. And they her prayer was, if we could just get some paint, to paint these other three walls, okay? Pastor Dale gave her, they live on dirt. Chickens and ducks are out walking around it, and she was, she was oppressed. You could tell she was oppressed. She needed to hear that somebody cared about her. So Pastor Dale reached in his backpack and gave her two can of peaches, canned peaches. She cried like a baby, just bawled like a baby. It was felt like when we left the village there, that it was like there was an invisible thread just tugging at her. said, don't go. Don't go. But we got in the boat, and thank God for Brother Ray. Brother Ray is a warrior, okay? I pray I'm in Brother Ray's shape when I get 79 years old. But we have to walk down like 50 feet to get in the boat, and we're driving off. We've got a video that we're going to show you after church. We're driving off, and you can just see her there. Just looking at us as we go on. How long will it be? We went to a village of Sanune. I had heard in time past that the village leader there, each village has their own leader. The village leader was like, we don't want anything to do with Jesus. We don't want a church. We we don't even really care if you come. So we get there and we're dragging our our suitcases with us and thank God bless you for packing their toy. Everything that you have done to prepare for this trip was ordained by God, and you have a special reward in heaven waiting for you. We drugged those suitcases up there, and we, undid- we had more kids. Kids was coming from everywhere. We had more kids than we had toys. You know how you had the water bottles and you packed stuff, Tracy, in the water bottles? We had to individually take that stuff out just to give a kid a little... Matchbox toy. It, I'm telling you what. And Ray was there and he was giving out the gifts and Pastor Elias is there and he was praying over them. We ministered to, we shared the gospel with hundreds of individuals while we were there. Pastor Elias prayed for them, led the kids in some songs. It was great. So let's see. The Sanune now, the tribal leader, they want a church. He said, hey, can you come and start a church here? What? what are you going to say? Sure we will. So we've got to do it now. And he said, I know this Jesus or this message that you talk about must be real. It, there must be something to it, Jed. Because he said, you keep coming back. It's like I think about Corinthians. I think about Philippi. I think about Thessalonica. Paul goes around and preaches. He does his missionary journey. And somebody with it, there was some Oscar there. There was some Sunune leader there that said, this thing must be real because you keep coming back. So, first Sunday of 2020, I want to start the new year year off right. I want to pray for Oscar and Wilma. Uh, Pastor Aaliyah says, thank you very much. Gloria looked fantastic. I know we've ministered to that family. Joel and Roxy are doing fantastic there at Sarasota. So we want to pray for the world. And I just want to say thank you, Plant Grow Harvest, for allowing me to go on this trip because God really did deliver and save. And we got to see a marriage and a baptism, so it was great. So if you would, just join me in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you for sending Jesus to die for our sin because he, he is the cure for any illness. He is the cure for any, for any addiction. He is the cure for poverty. He is he is just the answer. And I pray that we here at Plant Grow Harvest would lift up the name of Jesus. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I would draw all men unto me. So, Lord, we pray for the world. And we pray that you would just send us out more. Lord, I pray in 2020 we'd be able to give more. I pray that we'd pray more, we'd read our Bible more. We'd be able to give more money in the year 2020. God, bless us. I pray everybody up underneath the sound of my voice today, God, you would bless them more financially in 2020 that they would be able to give more to your kingdom so that when Christ our Savior does appear, we will be found worthy and that he will say, enter in my son and daughter, you've done a job well done. We ask this in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. Little ones, if you want to go, you're free to go. Sorry, I touched your book, Jed. I I, I didn't want to be rude this morning. I'm sorry. I normally would come and shake hands and hug you, kiss you, or whatever. Maybe you don't want me to, but I normally would. Uh, But I'm like... I think I'd have to get better to die right now. I'm, I'm pretty sickly, so I got a, had a fever this morning. I didn't want to touch anybody, so don't think I was blowing you off. I'm just not feeling well, and I don't want to get anybody else sick. But remove the children before I harm them with my hemes. So make sure we wipe this off gently. We get to the Clorox wipe when we're done on this microphone. I'm going to use this microphone, too, because kids um, I have to cough. I, man, this came on Friday. And it was just like, I was like, I think I'm getting sick. And by Saturday, man, it had me knocked out. And it was a little late to put it on someone else to to speak this morning. So actually, I want to move this over because I want you to be able to see this board really well. <laughs> <coughs> and Jed Jed took a picture of the board there. And because of the little red things here on the corner, he, he's going to put it. I don't know if he did already, but he's going to put it where you can go back and look at it. And it's just kind of our mission coming on this. For this next year. But I wanted to give you this Bible verse first, Romans 15, 20, and 21. And this has really been my my desire as far as it goes with missions, as far as the work we do at Plant Grow Harvest. I mean, this isn't our uh, our motto or our, our church verse, but I really love the power of this verse. It says, and so, uh, Romans 15, 20, 21, and so I've made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I build on another man's foundation. But as it is written, To whom he was not announced, they shall see, and to those who have not heard, they shall understand. Uh, This sounds really, you know, I read it and I think about that as my my verse that I want. It sounds kind of arrogant, man. I don't want to go where someone's already built a church. I want to go and uh, put a new church in there. You know, you go to Sinene and... You know, Warren's from Alabama. You know, he did the best he could with Sonene. But it's Sonene and not Sanunu. But I think that was like a, when he a chief justice or something back in the day for Reagan or something? But uh, he, he. Uh, but that this guy, the the president of that place, that's a wicked, wicked, wicked man. He's a wicked man. Half the babies in there look like the guy. He's uh, the power of the president in those little villages, very strong. He had a m- lot of number of people there. Uh, he used to bring alcohol in and then it, it just put him under his power. <laughs> And uh, it's one of the first big, uh, Ray was there actually years ago. We went there and, um, we did a big revival there and well, not a revival, but just a, a mission thing. And it always cracked me up because we would never say this to a woman here, but this woman was walking away. Elise was going to preach the world. And he said, Hey, you fat lady, come back over here and sit down. I got the very word of life. And that lady was like, oh. she wasn't mad that he called her fat. She was just mad that he caught her before she escaped, you know, but, um, but, when, but I actually heard people say on that first time, it's been three or four years ago, Pete, were you, were you on that trip? Sinene? Uh Anyway. Uh, well, I actually heard a guy say, man, what, what can I have, what I need to have so I can tell people in the country that I'm from, which was Bolivia across the river there, so I can tell them what you told me I never heard anything like this before. That's where I want to go. I want to go where I'm not trying to battle false teaching, or uh, uh, battle some other, um, uh, you know, uh, it's really difficult there with their version of Catholicism. It's very oppressive. they the Catholicism they preach there. If you want to be healed, you got to go pay. You want somebody to pray for you, you got to go pay. You've had a, a, a this one lady had a miscarriage. You got to go pay for the priest to 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 pray for you. I, I don't want to have to fight against that, but to be able to give the gospel and them accept and be open to the gospel and them just. Just take it. That's where I want to go. And so I, I wrote this on here. This is our this is the big the big idea for the year. It's a lot of stuff, but by the end of the year, we will have accomplished a majority of this. We really will. You can go or not. That's really up to you. But I promise you that Plant Grow Harvest by the end of the year will have accomplished nearly 100% of this. This is what we do. This is what we do every year. And I wanted to talk to you about that. I know most years I haven't, uh, we we really, sorry, we really have uh, finished our year pretty strong. We did see a number of people, though we didn't baptize a whole lot this time, I think three or four, and he was talking about me baptizing oh, Oscar there. Oscar said that when he, he said that God had told him that he is supposed to be a pastor. That's one of the issues there is that we don't have any pastors to stay besides Pastor Adon, and there's so much pressure on Pastor Adon uh, that uh, in talking about his wife that uh it's a it's a lonely place to try to manage multiple churches plus try to make a living from farming and uh, that kind of thing <coughs> <clears throat> so oscar said that he would like to become a pastor and uh, learn what that means to be and so anyway they had us out there i was going to baptize them in the in the, was some murky water i was in i'm not gonna lie you'll have to see the pictures on the. we got a pretty long video at the end just a bunch of pictures but Man, the mosquitoes were eating me alive. That guy didn't even have a shirt on, and they were just eating me. And, dadgum Elias, man, he always wants to sing. Uh, what's this one in La, in Lavinia, Lavinia, Delson, North, man, in the Vineyard of God, man. And he just singing. like he's got like twenty-seven verses. And I'm like, man, you sing one more verse of that, I'm gonna beat you, cause the mosquitoes. He's up on the bank, and I'm down in the water between two boats, and they're just eating me. And I said, man, how many verses are you gonna sing, you know? And he goes, well, I didn't know they were eating. You should have said something. How can I? You're like singing. He was getting into it. Anyway, it was <laughs> it was exciting. He said, well, you took it. Well, we didn't know they were eating. You know, come out. I look like somebody would attack me with an ice pick or something. But uh, it was good, man. It's really good to do that kind of work and and um, to see people accept the gospel with humility. It's it's a good thing, man. It really is. So uh, I started to tell you. We most years, I don't know that we've ever had like this. Is the vision for the next year. But that don't mean we can't have a vision for next year or this year. And so we got 2020 vision this year. It even works out right, huh? You like that one, Jed? <laughs> 2020 vision, here it is. <laughs> just That just came upon me. It must be the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we had a strong end last year. We had some people saved here. We need to baptize a few of them. We had some, we saw a lot of people come to Christ this time in Peru. And... Um, and uh, and, and desire to see churches planted, what we want to do. And then this is kind of strange. I'm going to tell you about it. We'll have to see what happens. But a man came to our church the a, a, a first part of December, mid-December or something. I was in Peru, talked to Jet. <clears throat> and he. they have a church that's dying here in Crossville. Our whole goal has been to plant another church in Crossville from the time we began. And this guy said, man, we really need help. And we'd ask that you would come and help us rejuvenate the church. So I'm supposed to go meet with this guy and see if that's where we go next. Maybe that's what we're supposed to do as well as to begin to work on um, planting another church here in Cumberland County. We have planted churches overseas. We'd like to plant another church here. So that's part of the we'll have to see. And in this year, if you look right here where the question mark is, this is Kentucky, June. And we're going to try and have a family mission trip this year to Kentucky. Strong's working on that. Um, and maybe go do some uh, help with a vacation Bible school or something like that for young people, families. <laughs> and then go also to uh, the uh, either the Creation Museum or uh, the Ark, uh one of those two, go up there. So we're working on that. It would be a good opportunity for you and your family. And then on the preaching, what I want to see preached this year, uh, and we want to begin, I think, with Nehemiah just because it has to do with church planting and it has to do with growth. It has to do with um, affliction from from forces outside the body of Christ that would see you not improve. And uh, I would like to see us uh teach that first and then I think we're going to go right into uh the Genesis record and um from creation to the flood and and uh kind of get our minds right about that before we go to the before we go to uh the Creation Museum. So I'd like to hit both of those big topics um before we get going. And um the main goal is that God's will be satisfied <laughs> <laughs> and that we work Excuse me, that we work according to his will as he gave us that last that last great command of Christ, the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. If I had to break this whole board down into a couple things, I could say uh, it could be about go uh, give, pray and read, go give, pray and read. And I want to I want to show you that this morning. The Bible says, Matthew 28, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. You've heard the gospel here. And when the thing that God's really impressed on me in the last month and a half, maybe I told you, maybe I haven't, but I'm going to tell you again, is um, is to be a messenger. I've been reading in the Gospel of John. That's what I want to do on Wednesday nights is we want to go through the Gospel of John with a fine-tooth comb and see what it means to be a messenger. I think a lot of times when we're trying to give the gospel to another, we're so concerned with having to do it in a particular way or use particular words or Uh, You know, you got to know 800 Bible verses, and they got to be from the King James, or else it ain't going to work, and, you know, it's like a magic pill or something. And that's not the case. As I was reading in John, I saw a number of times where he said, come and see. They said, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see. That was a pretty easy way to give the gospel to another person. When they start to question you about whether or not the the gift that you have given them of the gospel is real, the the answer could be as simple as come and see. So I want to work on that with you all. On uh, Wednesday nights, I would like to encourage you to come on Wednesday nights. Those are faithful people that come. We have a time of prayer together, and that's one way we can accomplish that aspect of prayer that's on the board here. And um, so these topics, church planting, missions, missionaries, uh, people, and local work, they're all part of the Plant, Grow, Harvest uh, vision that we have going on here. And uh, we want to be able to serve all people with the gospel, no matter what locale. So Guatemala, Peru, Zambia, Kentucky, Madagascar. um All these places over here, these are missionaries that we got. We're either going to support, we are supporting, or we have been supporting. And uh, we got all those going. We got these different local works going. Uh, What's Sarah Meyer's thing? Invitation, uh, local evangelism, rescue mission that we're doing, uh, home groups. If we work on this other church, we got new believers. We got baptism that we can do locally. All those things can can fall under um, go. It's while you are going. You're going anyway. You're going to be walking around Crossville anyway. How hard is it to hand somebody the gospel of John and say, come and see? It's not that hard. We can do it. So we want to be able to serve uh, all people with the gospel, no matter price structure, no matter where they're located, um, Zambia, Peru, Bolivia. It doesn't matter. I want to go to um, 2 Corinthians. We're going to spend the majority of our time in 2 Corinthians this morning. 2 Corinthians 5 is where we're going to start. 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 19. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 19. We're going to read this uh, I'll read it or parts of it a couple of times. And uh, we're going to just stay right there in 2 Corinthians. (laughs) But let's read it together first. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 9 through 19. Therefore we make it our aim, I think this is the vision of the church, this is the mission of our church for this year. Therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are all well-known to God, and I trust, are well-known to your con- in your consciousness. Consciences. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. For if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus. If one died for all, then all died. And if he died for all, and those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if any anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation." We're going to go back through it here, and you're like, how in the world does that have anything to do with what he said was on that board? Um, Well, it starts off with, therefore we make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. What he's talking about, and and so I want you to see this in two ways. I want you to see it as as my view of you as the church body, and I also want you to see it as your view of, of the churches that we have served overseas, okay? So if you've ever, how, how many people, raise your hand. If you've been on a mission trip, one point or another, right oh, raise your hand there. We've got a large percentage here have been on a mission trip one place or another with Plant Girl Harvest or somewhere else, okay? So once you go on a mission trip, it's not the end of the story. You go there, and you'll meet somebody, and they'll be like, can I have your phone number? And then they'll start through WhatsApp, and then they'll start contacting you, Through WhatsApp, and so that you can have this ongoing encouragement with these people. If you saw the hands that were raised, I mean, we're talking like thirty or forty percent of the adults here, for sure, and a number of the teenagers have been on mission trips. I know Abby is gone, and and um, some of those people back at Warren, you know. (laughs) (coughs) And in that, I'm really sorry about the cough. It's it's a mess. I'm sorry. Uh, And in that you're going to see that you have a care for something outside of the norm that is your life. We're very selfish people. The United States of America this is what we are. I mean, it's all about us. Everything is. That's why we've got fast food. We go there, and they bring it to us, and they stick it in our car window, and it's not hot enough, so we drive back around and chew them out. I mean, it's all about us, you know. It's all about us all the time. But then when you go overseas and you see how pitiful it is and how desperate they are for the gospel, it changes your paradigm of thinking and your reasoning as you look at them. You're like, man, they got something that I need. I got the gospel, but I got the gospel with everything else. They got the gospel, and that's all they have, and they realize that it's all they need. It's a different, it's a different picture. So whether I'm there or when I'm in Peru, whether I'm there and I'm thinking about you, which I do, I make up my aim to be well-pleasing to him. The things that I do, whether I'm here or whether I'm there, I make it my aim in all that I do to be well-pleasing to him who's him. To God the Father, to be doing his will, to be operating, to abide in Christ and to be operating within his will. If we read those verses carefully, you'll see a number of like admonitions or warnings to these that are called. You're the called according to his purpose. You are the called. You're the ministers. All of you are. And we're ministers. I mean, when you go there, you realize what a minister you could really be. You go there, and you're a minister for the first time, maybe more so than you ever were here, because you can really focus on ministering. When Zach goes to Guatemala, he doesn't have to worry about whether or not his guys are working on whatever job or what. He can focus on being there and ministering there. It's pretty nice because it's really hard for us. We come back, and the, and the burden of the job and those different things get going. And, and ministry takes a backseat. But when you're there, you can just focus on ministry. It's a, really, it's a really good thing. But So look at these admonitions here. So the first one starts there about verse 9. It says, to be well-pleasing. We make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. This is a, a, a thing that you're supposed to do. Be well-pleasing to him all the time. Verse 10. This is, a, this is a warning if there ever was one. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Does that, that should make your the fur on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. There's going to be a day when every man and woman is going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And for husbands, it should make you be extra furry because you're going to have to give an account for your wife and for her spiritual giftedness and whether or not you have amplified her spiritual giftedness. That's a scary thing. That's in Ephesians. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord... The fear of the Lord, yours might have the fear of the Lord, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. And in verse 14, it says, the love of God compels us. So we have the fear of the Lord, we have the love of God, and those things should compel us, it says, to persuade all men. These warnings all lead to a word, and it's used four times, and that's reconciliation. That's the goal. That's the goal of every minister of the gospel which at the moment of salvation, you become a priest. It says, um, verse 18, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, who has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That's your ministry. How do I have the ministry of reconciliation? I tell other people about the hope. And if they question me, I say, look, man, I'm the messenger, come and see. And I make every attempt to help them be reconciled to the father. That is, that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing the trespasses to them, and has committed us, committed to us the word of reconciliation. What's your ministry? What's your ministry, Jed? It's reconciliation. Every one of you, the ministry is reconciliation. You say, well, that's not my ministry. I don't feel like I'm called. Yeah, sorry. You're called to reconcile. That's what you're supposed to do. Your mission as a minister of the gospel, which you are, if you are saved, then your ministry is a ministry of reconciliation, where you draw others to the Father. Obviously, Paul wasn't in Corinth at the time he writes this book. He's writing them a letter, and they're there. He's somewhere else, and that's what it really kind of reminded me. Of. This is this Corinthians, the the area, region, nation, town of of, of Corinth, is so much like America. The wickedness of it, the secular aspect of it, the materialism aspect of the sexuality of a very sexual place, the prosperity of it. It's just like America. And what had happened, just like America, is the worldly things had crept into the church and it had made the church weak. And so Paul is constantly through the book of Corinth. That's why I think it's such a good book for us. He's constantly like, Hey man, be set apart. Stop living like the world. Stop making worldly decisions. Learn to think not beyond what is written in the word. Quit bringing worldly wisdom into the church and making decisions on worldly wisdom. Use God's wisdom that's in God's word. Make your decisions that way. And he's constantly bringing that to them in Corinth. I mean, they had rampant sexual immorality going on in there Um, they had gluttony going on in there they had uh, false teaching going on they had all these they got the same things that we we struggle with in our churches in in uh, anywhere but particularly in the U.S. as materialism goes up secularism goes up the Christian I mean we want that stuff too I want a new car. I like nice clothes. I like nice shoes. I mean, we we have to measure those things, but we have to see that these things don't creep into the church and cause the church to get sidetracked where we're following the ways of the world and no longer the things of God. So Paul repeatedly warns them to be separate and to live separately and to live as God's children and not as the world. And like I said, I want you to take these verses to heart, but I also want you to see them as care for this. It's really hard for us, like I said, it's really hard for us to see that God has called Plant, Grow, Harvest. I can't speak for any other church, Cumberland County or any other. God has called the church of Plant, Grow, Harvest to care for the world. Well, we watch the world thing, what's it called, World uh, Operation World. We watch that every week. See how much care I have about that? No, I just mind like a steel trap there. Sorry. But I mean, he call, we, we do that every week so that it brings to mind the world and not just my house. We're we're so bad to just focus on ourselves and our personal needs for ourselves. And what I want you to do is I want you to focus on the world. I want you to focus on the fellowship, focus on your family, develop them as mature believers, and then start looking outside of that and seeing if we can't develop further the world. I want you to look at this passage again, Uh, 5 verse 11. It says, uh, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are well known to God, and I trust are well known to in your consciences. We use our own fear of the Lord, the potential fact that we're going to have to stand before him and judge You say, well, I mean, is God that big of a bully? Because I've heard that before. God's just, he's a tyrant, he's a bully. But it's about his love is the reason we do it. But it says the terror of the Lord, the power of the wrath of the Lord should give you impetus to desire to give others the gospel, to persuade others. Who would really want to see another person burned? I mean, think about how terrible that would be Just to go into a house fire and you see this poor person that suffered and, and they've tried to make their way out the door and they didn't make it, and they're all burned up. I mean, in your mind, I mean, that's a bad picture, but that's the reality of it. I don't care how bad you dislike a person. Who would want to see another person suffer in that way? Use the terror of the Lord, knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, the possibility that God has the power to do all the mighty things that he does. Use that. Use it to persuade other men of the hope that you have given to you. Paul shows them right there in 12 and 13, we do not commend ourselves again to you, but we give you opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God; if we are of sound mind, it is for you. It's not the dress that we have that persuades men; it's our heart. You now we just went. My, my wife and and I, kids went to um, a place that was a we didn't we didn't ski there, but it was a ski area, and it was really uh, pretentious. That's the word I was looking for: Pete, pretentious. <clears throat> and and everybody had their layers. And you just have, like, North Face pants. They had, like, North Face skivvies, North Face whatever the next layer is, North Face pants, North Face t-shirt, North Face whatever, Patagonia, whatever. I mean, you think of the the fancy brand, whatever the brand is, and they, had, they didn't just have one layer, they had multiple layers. The boots are a certain brand. Everything was about the brand, you know, and they're all sporting around in this attire. And the only thing I could really think about, and I went there looking very cross village, you know, Flannel shirt, <laughs> flannel, whatever that is, you know, uh, Carhartt hat, you know, and uh, and it's, it's no, it's not to be prideful to say that I I looked like I was from Crossville. It's just that those people found their identity in how they dressed. In the in the, you, you understand what I'm saying? They they really, and the only thing I could think of is like, there's gonna be a day when those people are gonna be. Standing before the Lord, and all those layers are going to be taken off. And He's going to look directly at their heart. You're going to be standing, I, this is a scary You're going to be standing naked before the Lord. You're going to be standing in the form that He created you in. And you're going to give an account in that form. You know, with Adam, and he falls into sin, and the first thing he does, he goes and tries to dress himself. He finds his north face fig leaf or whatever, ties it on or whatever. He's going to try and dress himself. And the first thing God does is he strips him back down and he puts the clothes on him that he says is righteousness. Not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration, renewing of the Holy Spirit. He puts it on you or you don't have it. You either have Christ's righteousness or you don't. And, and when, right here, what it's talking about is where Paul is. Paul's saying, don't be confused by these people. Don't be confused by these people that are fancy dressing, you know, whatever. Evangelist, preacher, uh, ministers, you know, whatever. I don't want to talk about, uh, what's her name? Beth Moore. She's very fancy dressed. Don't be confused by her dress. Listen to the words that she says. By any pastor. Don't listen to the, don't look at how they're dressed. Listen to what they're saying. Because God's going to convict us. We're going to stand before him depending on what our heart looks like and not what the outward appearance looks like. That's what Paul's saying. That's what I'm telling you. It's nice to look nice. I appreciate you wearing nice clothes when you come to church wearing your best. But it's not about the clothes. It's about the heart. Use your heart to persuade others. Let's look at it one more time right here. Verse 12, it says... um. For we do not commend ourselves again to you, but give you the opportunity to boast on our behalf that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. We go to those various countries and we return home. Uh, um, and then, like I said, we begin to message those different people. And uh, and it, it, always, it always shocks me and shames me. You know, Dave was literally brought to tears when they... No slight on Dave. It wasn't like a shot to his masculinity. But these people are telling Dave what a godly man he is. They're boasting for him. Um, uh, let not your own mouth praise you, but let uh, How's it go? Um, yeah, let, uh, let a, another man's mouth praise you and not your own. In Proverbs. Um, it's one thing for me to tell you what a great job I did there. It's something else to go there to the most humble of people to see people reach with the gospel. And the thing that they say is, oh, man of God, thank you for coming. You brought us the gospel. To, to receive anything more than that is, is a joke. The humility of that makes you so ashamed that they, would, that they would even speak. You know, you see, like he said, everybody's living on dirt floors. They got guinea pigs running around on the floor. Wild animals or the one guy where they were leaving the church and his daughter was, uh, Chibui's granddaughter was bitten by a, a poisonous snake in front of the church because that's what it is. You go there and they tell you they're not impressed with your clothes. They don't care what you look like. They're so grateful that you brought them the gospel that they will boast about your spirituality that you brought them the gospel. What an awesome thing. If you ever think you're humble... You think you got it going on, go there. And you're going to be ashamed uh, of how you dress. I mean, we shouldn't be ashamed of how we dress, but we are, because I'm like, man, I got everything. And the guy's looking, and he's like, hey, man, uh, that's a cool flashlight. Take the flashlight, man. I can go buy 10 of them. Anyway, they overlook your personality flaws, which we're pretty bad to do. We got nice clothes, and we dog each other's personality. They overlook those things, and they're grateful for the gospel that you bring. 1 Corinthians 9, 12, it says, we endure everything so that we will not hinder the gospel. This verse is really talking about, um, that's in 1 Corinthians. Paul's talking about whether or not he had the right to be paid, (coughs) whether or not he had the right to be paid for being a preacher. And he said, I would rather go without money to see more people reached with the gospel. And that's the mindset that we have here at Plant, Grow, Harvest. I would rather not be paid. Joe would rather not be paid. Dave would rather not be paid. And we see more people brought to the gospel. And it's worked. And it's working. Uh, We endure everything so that we will not hinder the gospel. So take it easy on us. Like Nacho Libre says. Take it easy. (laughs) Take it easy. Go to 2 Corinthians 10. start at verse 12 for we uh second corinthians 10 verse 12 for we dare not class ourselves or compare ourselves with those who commend themselves but they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise we however will not boast beyond measure but within the limits of the sphere which god appointed us a sphere which especially includes you For we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you. For it was for you that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere to preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's sphere of accomplishment. But he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. For he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord uh, commends. For not he who commends himself is approved, but whom the Lord commends. I didn't think that sounded right. The thing that we like to see, the thing that I want to see, is I want to see people reached with the gospel. The, the development of people that come to our church, verse 14, if we are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was to you that we came with the gospel of Christ. The reason that we left the church that we left, and the reason we planted the church that we planted was we did it for you. If you didn't come with the original crowd, then God bless you because you're the ones we came for. We came to try to reach the unchurched and the unsaved. When we go to Peru, we don't come for the churches, although we do go there and encourage them at times, but we come for the unchurched and the unsaved. And we do that, we get great joy when we see people come to Christ. We get great joy when we see... um, you know Vincent and, and um, you know Keith and Bobby and Martina and, and other Bobby and all these people, we see you'd show up that gives us energy to continue the work. We want to see families reach with the gospel. We are not overextending ourselves as though our authority did not extend to you, for it was for you, it was to you, that we came with the gospel of Christ, not boasting of things beyond manner, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. And uh, 2 Corinthians is on the same page for me, but 9 verse 11 says, While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. When I see you grow, develop, spiritually develop, I am enriched. It's a, it's a strange thing. God had to work on that in me. You know? What does John say that he might increase and I might decrease? It's not about, it's not about Dale and what Dale wants to see, but you do not know how positive it is for a guy like Joel uh, Hurtado, who's managing the church there at Sarah Sewell, pastoring there, to start off with him, you know, whatever, ten years ago, and he's just an interpreter. And he's got a bunch of stuff going on in his life. And then we start with him and we begin to counsel him with him and his wife and the things that are going on. He begins to grow as a believer. He begins to see that maybe he's called to something higher than being an interpreter. And now he's pastoring a church. You want to talk about enriching? It enriches me to see him grow spiritually. When I see you grow spiritually, when I see you begin to desire to read the Bible, when I see you desire to to uh, go on a mission trip or or develop, a you know, Abby working in the with the little kids with the Sunday school, or Warren helping in that, or whatever, that enriches me. It's the using the spiritual gifts amongst ourselves. Anyway, so I think we covered the going part and the people part. Our desire is, is that we go more and we see more people saved. That's the goal. We see more churches planted. We see people growing spiritually. Those are all covered in those things, church planting missions, missionaries and people. I put ourselves as number one missionaries. Try to see yourself in one of these this year. There's room for you on any one of those, you call it. Try to see yourself in one of those trips. Guatemala is a construction one. Peru going to the jungle. We may be building. I don't know what we're going to do there. (coughs) That's the tough work right there. Zambia, evangelism. Kentucky, that's easy. Madagascar, that's a lot of travel right there. That's a pretty small team. You may not be able to, can't just put everyone on there. But that second Peru trip. El Salvador, Sewell, They're wanting evangelism, marriage conference, stuff like that. Um, see yourself doing this local work, uh, this this food thing that we did last summer, and it's bringing people um, different aspects there, home groups, working with that other church, whatever. Try to see yourself in one of these things. See how you can plug yourself in there, and see how you can begin to grow spiritually in that. The next thing I the next topic was, and I won't spend a ton of time on this. Nobody wants to hear it, but I'm gonna tell you anyway. And that's in generosity. I put two red stars. As we take on these many uh, missions, local and abroad, may we give as we've been blessed. I don't know where Warren got that, but he kind of stole my thunder. He basically said verbatim what I was going to say. Go to 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 6. I'm going to let God's word do the speaking, and I'm not going to speak much about it. 2 Corinthians 8, 1 through 6. You know that without consistent giving, we're not able to go on these mission trips. Less people would be able to go. And we got to pay this building off. It's just how it is. You want to give extra towards the building? God bless you. We'll take it. The quicker we get the building paid off, the more mission trips we go on, the more we have to, to use to expand the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um uh, let's see. Let's read this. 8 1 through 6. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in great trial of affliction the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Talking about giving. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministry to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. So we urged Titus that that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also he's talking about the grace gift of giving go to nine verse five therefore i thought it necessary to exhort the brethren to go to go to you ahead of time and prepare your generous gift beforehand which you had previously promised that it may be ready as a matter of generosity and not as grudging obligation but this i say who who spares who sows sparingly will reap sparingly and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he is given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God, while through the proof of this ministry they glorify God for the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your liberal sharing with them and all men, and by their prayer for you who long... For you, because of the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's a really easy verse to memorize, by the way. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Um, It works in a lot of situations. (laughs) (coughs) The fact that you woke up this morning with breath in your lungs and no cough is uh, thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Um, This is a generous uh, body, and I don't want to say that it's been anything less than generous. And I'm grateful for that. I think our overall giving for the year is going to be somewhere around 104 or 150000 Of that, around 70000 will be used in, in missions this year. And um, and the rest is just paying the bills and doing whatever. We've sent more money to uh, Guatemala and Zambia than we have in past years. Um, we sent uh, a lot to Mexico, you know, with Pastor Elias, Mexicali there. Uh, we're supporting all these missionaries Well, Joel, and Roxana, Elias, and Gloria, Jeffrey Chabui. Uh, we're not supporting Renee, uh, uh, but he's doing good work there. Orners, Haley Stewart, and the herbs as they get ready to go to Ukraine. I'd like to see us begin to support them. And his team ministry is in Chechia. I guess they changed the name of Czechoslovakia, so, or the Czech Republic. They've changed the name again, so, to protect the innocent. But anyway, they, uh, so so these are the ones that we're supporting not to mention those that you support personally or whatever um and I'd like to see that support the same or increased as we are are blessed we should be generous with them there's opportunities there uh one thing I was going to tell you was I think I told you already but I went and did a little missions conference at another church here a month or so ago and a man there I was telling him about um and their church not having windows and doors and uh one of the ladies there had her husband call me and said um that they would like to purchase those. And so he sent us a check. We got the check this last week for $1,500 to send to them. So just to send to them to buy windows and doors for that church, it's a big deal. I mean, it's the security of the building, you know, so it's a big deal for them. And it doesn't seem like a lot to us, but it's a big deal. So may, may your generosity continue as it has up to this point. And may, like, like Warren said, I was going to pray the same thing. Man, I pray that God blesses you abundantly. Zach, I hope your business doubles. Jed, I hope it doubles. Jimmy, I hope it doubles. Every one of you that's working, Isaac, I hope it triples. You got a lot of kids. But uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I hope your money <laughs> increases <coughs> so that in that, your giving can increase. And by giving, you're not giving to me. You're not even giving to Plant Grow Harvest. It's from the abundance of the way you've been blessed that you give. And in that, I want it, it's, it needs to be, and the reason is he tells you to bring it to the storehouse first day of the week it's so it's ready when you got to go. <laughs> And we've been, we're in pretty good shape that way. But man, we want plenty of corn in there when it's time to plant. We, we need to be able to go there. Man, we need some more corn. You just start shoveling it out. One thing that Warren said, it was very, it was almost miraculous. It was kind of a loaves and fishes thing with those gifts, you know. you think, I think it was 25 or 30 gift bags that we made. You know, we never quit pulling toys out of that bag, man. We had enough. We served over, I would say, somewhere between 150, 200 kids with them 30 bags. The last part was just some canyon stuff, but but I'd say we served easily 50 or more kids with just what we had in those bags. We just start pulling them, and then we just had more. You go in there and get a water bottle, hand it to them and then there's another one. there's another one. you're like, man, I thought we already gave them out. find another bag over. He's got a water bottle in it, it's got another toy in it. I mean, God's gonna add to it with his abundance. The care will be taken care of. He'll make sure that there's enough. You give as you can. Luke 5.32, I've not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. In Luke 15.10, there's joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. I asked, I asked um, Ray when we were in Peru, I said, Ray, do you think this was money well spent? I mean, it's, it's not a cheap trip, you know. He goes, man, if one person, one person accepts Christ, what's the, what's the value? What's the value of one human life? <laughs> I mean, it's worth it. It's worth it. The next thing is reading. I could find 100 different verses about reading the Bible, and I want to tell you that the, the importance of each one of you reading God's Word daily cannot be overemphasized. And I know that there are some of you that, that um, uh, put the money down last year that you were going to read through the Bible in a year. And do it again this year. Uh, you read four chapters a day, you've read through the Bible once in a year. You read seven, you've read through it twice in a year. You read ten chapters a day, you've read it three times in a year. Um, Bud Frey, he used to read all four of the Gospels once a month. And I'm saying read one of the Gospels once a month and you've read through all of the words of Christ three times in a year. I mean, put it on yourself as a discipline. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness, it says in Timothy. Discipline yourself. Take the time to get up. Spend an hour a day in the Word. You say, "I I don't have 15 minutes. Well, then get up earlier. You have it but don't forsake the ministry that God has put upon you. You've got to know the word so that you can give it to others. There's people desperate for it. 1 Timothy 4.13, Till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. You know, the prior verse to that it says, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, conduct, and love, and spirit, and faith, and in purity." How are you going to be an example to other believers or to the lost? If you don't know the word. Spending 10 minutes, uh, you know, having your little daily devotional, you know, it comes upon your thing, ding! Oh yeah, I forgot I didn't read my devotional. Man, that's that's some other guy's opinion of what God's word says. Read the word for yourself. Hey, baby. We're almost done. Read it for yourself. The last but not least is pray. You know, Jesus said, watch and pray. Um, um, Brother Mark told me that years ago. He prays with his eyes open. He's like, watch and pray. You don't know a whole bunch of crazy people around here. Keep your eyes open. You know, <laughs> watch and pray. Be alert. Be sober. Uh, the fervent, effective prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Um, after this manner, pray ye, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Pray. Start with. I mean, start with. Start small. Fifteen minutes a day. Ten minutes a day. I mean, you'll spend more time than that, uh, you know, thinking about working out every day. You may not actually work out, but you'll think about it, you know. Make a New Year's resolution to pray like you've never prayed before. Um, I have had conflict with one person or another inside the body. It's how it is. But if I know that you're praying, if I know that you're reading God's word, I can take some conflict from you. Because we got, to, we should have the same mind of Christ. We can, we can have different ideas about stuff. If you're not reading the Word and you're not praying, then be careful. Because it's not coming from God; it's coming from worldly wisdom. Read the Bible, pray. You see, our church needing to to make a change or do something different. I'm going to hear you if I know you're in the Word. I'm I'm excited about the people that I know that read through the Bible and stuff. Leon, I was real proud to hear Lynn talk about reading through the Bible in the year and stuff. He's like, man, I just don't understand it all. Keep reading, man. It'll come. Keep reading. Don't stop. But pray. All of the designs that's on this board need prayer. If we don't, if we don't cover these in prayer, they won't be near as effective. When we went to Peru this last time, I had a number of people tell me, man, I've been praying for you every day. You can see it. You can, There's a big difference on trips I've been on where I prayed significantly for it before I went or someone uh, the Zambia trip this year and the Peru trip this year both had people that would not normally be praying for us, praying fervently for us and we saw great fruit in both of them (laughs) it's that long range artillery that's bombarding the gates of heaven it's opening up opportunities for the God who goes before to allow people to hear the word, pray ahead of us, pray in all these things for these different missionaries and stuff I've not been consistent enough in praying for those different people. Um, for these people here, the lost, um, those recently saved and baptized in Peru and all those different places, <coughs> they're strongly persecuted by things of the past trying to draw them back into the old way. They need prayer. The different pastors in their family, it was, it was terribly sad that uh, Pastor Adon's wife, for her to receive those two things of peaches. I didn't realize that I saw it when I got back to Lima Airport, but they had them pentatonis. And they had peaches and one other thing, and that is like the present in Peru. Like at Christmas time, that's what you're supposed to give somebody. So when I whipped out the peaches, she was like, "Oh, <laughs> he understands the people, or whatever." It was just a big deal because I gave her like the gift that you're supposed to receive at Christmas. Not chocolates. It's not gold. It's not even clothes. It's one of them bread things, peaches, and I can't remember what the other thing was. Coca Cola, I'm sure. Inca Cola. Um, pray. Uh, it was sad how, that's what I started telling you, she was truly brokenhearted. It was like in the movies where the, the person's going away, they're going, no. She stood there and just sobbed as we pulled away. She was so lonely, and they've been under such persecution in that town in Bolivia. And for us to come, she told us how encouraging it was for us to come there. So be in prayer for them. Um, so, so we're going. Make yourself go in something here. Find out what you're going to do where you're going to be and how you're going to do it and get on one of these trips right here. When we go to Peru jungle, wherever it is, we're going to go back to Sonene if the river's high enough. I hope it is. Otherwise, it's about a four-hour walk from this other thing, and it's not exactly cool there. And in in Bolivia, they asked us to come to another town there if we would come and witness to them, they said. (coughs) That would be in the Peru jungle, May construction evangelism trip. Um, If Ray can do it, you can do it, 79-year-old. He told me climbing the rope he's like, man, I'm too old for this crap." and then we got up there and he started serving those people, and he was skipping back down that hill like a like a old goat, well like a young goat. But we still had to fish him back down with the rope, but we got him back in the boat. But I said, "Are you too old for this Raggles? No, man, I got some left I mean it's, it's it'll motivate you it'll motivate you to do the ministry, so figure out where you're going to fit in here as far as giving or going or evangelizing or praying and um And get active in that this year. And the last thing I was going to remind you again is Wednesday we're going to start working on the book of John and be encouraged for you to come and to read in that with us and to see whether or not it's it's possible for you to be a minister of the gospel. I know it is. I know that you all have what it takes to do it. If this small body that we have here this morning would be diligent to lead one person to Christ, we double in size in one year. That's all it is, one person. And it's not about adding more people to the fellowship either. It's not about bringing them here. I don't care if they go to church here or not. It's about bringing them to Christ. And then we need to be a real part of our ministry. So so as we begin this new year, I wanted to ask that we gather around this communion table this morning. We're going to do a little bit differently. Uh, William Strong is going to come lead us this morning in that. And I want you to kind of put aside what we've talked about. I want you to kind of orient your spirit right now. Um, Just kind of slow it down. Well I gave you a lot of information there. I hope you can use it. Go back and read First and Second Corinthians and be encouraged there. That um, uh, at least we're not as bad as they are, and uh, and start applying these things to your life. And um, let's dwell on the One who came to save us for our sins, from our sins. The thing that John said it was so simple. He just said, "Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world." We well, just got to point them to Christ. That's all we got to do. Just point them to Christ behold the lamb of god who takes away the sins of the world father this morning lord i I pray that these who have heard i pray that the word that was spoken today is the word that you had for us today i pray that hearts would be encouraged that people would be uh, satisfied to do your will that they would be find their joy in serving you with their whole heart father convict us in our spirits in our false thinking in our false way of doing things lord convict us and draw us to yourself help us to have the mind of ministry the mind of Evangelism, the mind of going, creating us a clean heart, Lord, creating us a, as as new creature creatures, creating your image, Lord. I pray that you use us. I do thank you for these that have come, Lord. I thank you for your presence in this place. I thank you for the music that was sung, and the, as we get ready to do communion here, Lord, I pray that it's satisfying to you. That we be encouraged as we seek your face together, and remember who you are and what you've done for us, Lord. As we uh, partake in this table together. And I just lift up these people this week. They'd be encouraged to do your will in Jesus' name. Mm Amen.